this is a tip that I would share with people. Progression is always more important than perfection. And I think that applies not just in YouTube, but definitely in romantic or really any relationship is there's no such thing as perfection. It's always about taking that one step at a time. You just heard the voice of Brendan Kumarasamy, a communication expert and the founder of MasterTalk. In our latest episode, Brendan shares some tips on topics like setting boundaries in relationships, healthy communication practices, and establishing a shared vision in your relationship. Welcome to La Vida, Love Vitamins for a Healthier Relationship, a podcast where we share stories for partners by partners. This is Rashi. And this is Ansh. Brendan, thank you so much for joining us today. We were thinking we could start with a little intro about you, your brand, and who you are as a person. First of all, thanks for the impact that you two are creating in the world. It's definitely necessary, especially in our community, our specific one, where, where I see a lot of the marriages and the relationships aren't, aren't going as well as they could. So I really appreciate the work that both of you are doing. My whole idea with Master Talk was an accident, you two. You know, I went to university, I went to college, and I went to business school. Mm-hmm. I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. <laughs> well, other guys might be playing baseball or rugby or some other sport. I wasn't one of those guys. I did presentations competitively. <laughs> and that's how I learned how to speak, you two. And then as I got older, I started to coach other students on how to communicate so they would do well in these competitions. And I just accidentally got really good at coaching other people on how to speak. And that's what led to Master Talk, the YouTube channel specifically because I felt a lot of the information that was in my brain wasn't really available for free on the internet. So I just started making videos. And then a few years later, Anshin and Rashi just turned into something I never could have imagined. I, I read on your site about how you prepared to be YouTube ready and you know your first experience. Can you tell us a little more about that? Like, how, how did that go? Oh yeah, terrible, Ansh. Absolutely. <laughs> like, uh, you know, just to paint the picture for everyone listening, I was a 22-year-old kid. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. You know, I never thought I would people would listen to me and what I had to say around communication. I just did it because I knew five people in my network were going to watch it. And I started making videos in my mom's basement. That's how I started Master Talk. So I never thought it was going to amount to anything. But this is a tip that I would share with people. Progression is always more important than perfection. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies not just in YouTube, but definitely in romantic or really any relationship, is there's no such thing as perfection. It's always about taking that one step at a time to build it up. So for the first 10 months of Master Talk, while I was working my corporate job, I was just making a video every week in my basement. I wasn't editing a single one. It was just with my phone because I had no money. And it was only after maybe 10, 11 months that I professionalized the YouTube channel. It started taking off. I love wow. that. It's a true, your YouTube journey is a true testament of the advice that you gave. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful to see that organic growth. And I feel like, you know, um, you're starting to hint at something that we really want to spend time today talking about, which is how does you know, the world of communication or even public speaking in, at large, how does that really help individuals that are in a relationship that are trying to build healthier communication practices or just healthier relationships? Absolutely, Rashi. Fantastic questions. There's a lot of different angles we can touch on. So let's tackle each one at a time. So let's start with the most important one up front. How to set clear and healthy boundaries with your significant other or people in general. I think the problem with a lot of us, when we communicate boundaries, we do it very ineffectively. So I'll give you an example. And there's three parts to the strategies that people can implement. But let's start with the simple one. 
A lot of people say in relationships, I need more alone time. Well, what does that mean? Versus going, hey, I would really love 90 minutes every morning for myself so I could spend time reading because I love it and it clears my mind. Is there any way we can work on this boundary together as we move forward? Notice how that's a lot more respectful. It's a lot more specific and clear versus just going, I need more alone time. Or the opposite, I want to spend more time with What does that look like? Is that twice a week? Is that once a week? Is that every single day for three hours? So I would start the conversation there. So there's two other pizzas to boundaries I think is missed across the board. So that's the first one is specificity is the key to boundary setting. So what I recommend is write them out, like write out a bunch. The second piece is make it fun. Start with the easiest boundary first. I feel a lot of relationships just jump the, jump the gun right away and go to the hardest one. Hey, we got to move countries. Wait, what? Right? So, so start easy. Like if you like pancakes in the morning, that's a good one to start with. That's that's the second piece as you communicate. But there's also a third piece that I think is also missed. Celebration and reciprocity. So what does that mean? That means that if somebody's respecting your boundary, what most people do is they just move on. Instead of taking a pause and saying, hey, babe, I really appreciate that you did this for me. And then it's the other piece, reciprocity. What's one boundary I can help you get right? And you give it back. Instead of just saying, let's go to my next boundary, what about you? And then you kind of do a ping pong, eh? and that's how you build a foundation. You know what we say all the time in communication is you can't argue, if you can't argue over the small things, forget about arguing over the big things. You're finished, right? So that's my, that's my added thought leadership on boundary setting. I'll build on that and say that what the components that you're talking about that I feel like really resonate with a with few frameworks that we have are specificity and inviting people into the conversation rather than simply just directing them that this is what I need and being vague about it, which is, which like you just mentioned, normally tends to be the frustration we feel in our everyday lives, because now you're putting the onus of responsibility on your partner to figure out what do you actually mean and do the heavy lifting in the relationship. In Lovita, we value a lot for, about nonverbal communication as well, but we don't necessarily or haven't yet focused on communication as a language in, in the verbal context. How does being an effective speaker and, you know, being an expert in public speaking, what skills can you bring in into a relationship that can help you get better in your own relationships? Let's get into nonverbals. Here's what I'll say, team. The, the key is it doesn't matter what you say as much as how you say it. So if I come to you and I say like this and I'm really loud, even if my content is the same, the way that it feels is very different. So this is a strategy that I'm sure a lot of you talk about in your podcast, which is called mirroring, where you mirror the energy of the other person. So I'll give you guys a super simple example. I don't actually talk like this normally when I'm on a podcast. The reason I'm talking like this is because you two are very mellow, which is a good thing, not a bad thing. So I adjust my energy to your mellowness. But then there's other podcasts I might go on who are super loud. Brendan, it's so great to be here. That's my usual style because I'm super extroverted and loud. But notice even now in this conversation, I'm adjusting my own energy based on both of you. And that's really what you want to do in, in relationships because it makes people comfortable around you. I feel like there's a, an angle here that I would love to hear your perspective on, which is sometimes people feel, and I know we've experienced this personally, when you're mirroring, there's a difference between being empathetic and being compassionate, 
right? If, if we're mirroring from the point of empathy, then we tend to take those emotions and instead of just mirroring them, we make them our own. And then we start to, if our partner's feeling a downward cycle or feeling upset, then we start to feel upset. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of, you know, that's the wrong kind of build where you're now uh, regressing in the overall energy of the household versus what I would think of as a compassionate mirroring where instead of you taking on the emotion and then it bringing you down, you're able to kind of understand maybe the perspective or the pain or whatever emotion your partner might be feeling. How have you seen that kind of um, build out? I love the nuance question, Rashi. What I would say is you're right. There are some certain circumstances where you're not actually supposed to mirror the other person. I'll give you the best example of relationship, anger. Right. If somebody's really angry, you obviously don't want to mirror anger. You want to diffuse. So you want to do the opposite. So there's definitely different nuances to this conversation. But what I will say is, in general, it definitely makes sense to mirror the other person's energy, especially if the relationship's going really well. And there's no like depressive states or states of anger. But the, the exception that you drew, which is an important exception to, to point out, is if we're in a situation where the emotions are at an unhealthy level, like anger, you want to meet that with a minus. And a minus just means if someone's going really loud, you go really low so that you diffuse the, and they start mirroring your lower vocal tones. Same thing with, I mean, depression, I won't comment on that too, too, too much because I'm not, I'm not an expert in that area, but I'll say something like along the lines of if someone's really sad and they just need more alone time, I think it goes back to the boundary setting. And because if you're around their energy too much, it might get infectious. But at the same time, like if you're in a dedicated relationship, it's hard to stay away from somebody too long. So you just got to respect their boundaries and figure out a way out of it and, and get them a therapist or something. Brendan, I, so Lovita is, is about storytelling. It's about we, we talk a lot about individual stories from partners and how they build an effective relationship. So I'm wondering if you would be willing to share something specific, an example from your life about your relationships and what do you do to build a healthier relationship? So, and, and one other thing that, that I'll mention as well that Rashi talked about as well, Anj, is the idea of easy. I'm a big fan of easy. Okay, I don't know why we, we try and complicate things in relationships. It's like we always try and make things really hard as they need to be. When it's like, no, we, let's have the low stakes conversation first. We don't need to talk about, okay, uh, all the hard stuff that we not to be ready for. I'll give you the example of my sister and my mom. So me and my sister and my mother haven't argued in over 10 years, over a decade. And we all live together, right? right? And I've, I've, I don't even remember the last time I argued with them. And what is the reason behind that? Because we used to argue all the time. And I'm sure you two will resonate with this, especially when I was younger. Because my, my mom immigrated from Sri Lanka, for those who are listening, small country south of India, I, 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 we would always fight all the time because she comes from an immigrant value system and I come from a westernized value system. So she would say things like that drove me crazy. Like, you can't eat at your friend's house. I was like, what? why? Like, that doesn't make... So it didn't make any sense. Except one day... And this is advice as well as a story. One day I did something that most 13-year-old boys, 15-year-old boys would never do with their mothers, which is sit them down and ask them a simple question that only has three letters. Why? Why is that important for you, mother? Why do you think it's weird 
or wrong for me to eat at my my friend's house? Why did I sit down at 15 years old and I asked her that question? Because most 15-year-olds wouldn't have that maturity. This is an exercise that I wouldn't have been able to teach before that I can teach you now that I'm older, which is called relationship visioning. So think about all of the relationships in your life. So a lot of us focus on the negative. Oh, my mom's this, my dad's this, your sister. But they don't think about the bigger picture with their significant mm-hmm. other, kids with significant other. But they fail to think about is, okay, what do you actually want the relationship to be? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to argue for the rest of your life? Is that what you want? And then when people go, huh, I never really thought about it. I was like, yeah. So the key is to write a relationship vision. And part of my relationship vision with my mom, my sister, my family, the people around me is what do I want life to actually be around them? Mm. So it was up to me and it's up to us and the people who are listening to this podcast who have the information to take that leadership role. So I just sat her down for 25 minutes. I asked her why I just listened. And then it perfectly made sense why it bothered her because there was a civil war in Sri Lanka. So they would always have their doors locked. They would never go out and they would never see anyone else or trust anyone else unless they were very close family members. So after 30 minutes, I just looked at her and I said, we don't live there anymore, mom. And I got to eat at my friend's house. Problem solved. That's it. (laughs) So yeah, I would encourage people to just relationship vision. I think that's such a beautiful and powerful piece of advice. I mean, I know what we're going to be doing this weekend is going to be creating our relationship vision. And I can also imagine myself using this in so many different forms of relationships that we have in our everyday lives. Um, and it's, it's a tool that has tremendous power to bring both people to the same page of the story, right? Which is oftentimes where the conflict resides is my perspective on this narrative versus your perspective is the, the problem that is underneath all the other problems. Thank you so much for sharing that framework. I I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. I definitely want to learn more about it and practice it because I'm guessing there's there's a big part that your mom played as well in in accepting your why and being patient with you, sitting for those 25 minutes and answering you. So there's definitely kudos to your parents, but I I don't think I could have done what you did at that age. Maybe now I have that maturity, but thanks for sharing. It was, it was an inspiring story. You know, you, you bring up a a point here that I was wondering, Brendan, if, if you've had the chance to experience, which is what if, if you do have the courage to ask why, but the other person is not ready to have the conversation. Great. Good, good follow up, Rashi. It's an important one. And I'll start with this. It was, Like, I got lucky with my mom and my sister. I'm not going to deny it. They're just incredible people. It's really easy for me to have. I didn't get so lucky with my dad, though, right? Me and my dad had an extremely toxic relationship. We lived in the same house. He was an alcoholic. He passed away three years ago. So I was never able to, you know, with all of my tools to to make it work. So there's situations in your life where it won't work. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the... But what I like about relationships, especially whether it's friendships or whether it's romantic relationship, is this is what Tony Robbins refers to as our chosen family. Mm. We get to choose those people. 100%. Mm. We can't choose our mother. Yeah. Okay? We can't, I just got lucky there. We can't choose our dad. I, honestly, I got lucky with him too. He's a gift because if he never immigrated to Canada, I wouldn't have been successful. Right. right? But And same thing with my sister. She's just a gift. I got lucky with her too. But when it comes to your friends and your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your wife, your, your husband, you get to choose that, mm-hmm. right? So with, with those types of situations, I would start easy, mm-hmm. right? So easy is the key. So it's not about like, why do you always do this? Why do you always – and then no, 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 no. It's 
hey, like, why don't you take the leadership? What, like, at the beginning, it could be them asking you why. Mm-hmm. And you showing up and answering those questions first, taking that leadership role, mm-hmm. right? And then you can start asking them questions. But say something simple, like, honey, why, why do you not want to take out the trash? For me? Like, something easy, like, nothing, like, yeah. nothing, like, get destructive in a relationship. Another thing that that I'll give advice on that I got from other people, because something I need to implement when I get into a relationship someday, mm-hmm. is the idea of selection, which mm-hmm. Patrick Bed David talks a lot about this when he met his wife. I thought it was super fascinating. It was a very analytical approach to dating that I thought was really fascinating. Is when you before you commit to a relationship, you want to ask all the hard questions up front mm-hmm. because the first six months of any relationship is fake. Right. It's like it's a honeymoon phase. You're kind of lost in the the chemicals around the human body or whatever. Mm-hmm. So so he would ask cool questions that I thought was super smart that I'm going to do as well. Just now I'm focused on the business. And then at some point I'm going to focus. <laughs> it's a weakness. I'm not going to lie. It's a weakness in my game. And in the sense of he would ask questions like, how long would you be OK with me off the road? Mm-hmm. Like on the road, excuse me. So that's a good question because right. she she might say she might respond with oh well babe I don't mind but then you can respond with seven years would you wait seven years yeah. and it's like no right so you actually get the real answer or questions like okay do you want children that's like a red flag like if you want kids and she doesn't want kids like mm-hmm. and it's not wrong that she doesn't want kids or you're wrong for wanting kids but if there's no alignment there like you guys are screwed like I don't see that working out right. so so that that's another yeah. piece as well that's such uh, that's such a beautiful piece of advice and it's kind of bringing me back to our story and when we first started in our relationship we did ask a lot of hard questions early on which is what enabled us to form such Mm -hmm. a deep friendship and I think our strategy along with you know asking those you know what are your goals where are you trying to do with your life are you happy living in this country do you want kids those yes we asked those and I think another element that we looked for is the compatibility when it comes to your self-awareness and your self-growth journey. Mm-hmm. How willing are you to work on yourself and know that, you know, today this might be answer, this might be my answer for a question, but tomorrow it might change. Are we willing to grow in that direction together? Or are we that and I'm perfect the way I am and this is exactly who I'm going to be. You either love me for who I am or you don't. Is that is that the boundary you're drawing? Is that the line that we're we're putting in the sand today? Or are we going to be open to this to this journey and taking this journey together. And I think that has been foundational for us as well. What we've also learned through the years is instead of just asking or starting with that question, we want to like share. So open your gates first, give your perspective and then ask, are you okay with this? Is this, does it sound okay? Or whatever question you have, but bring in your perspective first. That has really helped us grow stronger and build healthier relationship because if you come with a point of vulnerability and you're being honest mm-hmm. up front and then you know you sort of expect the same oh yeah like uh, there's this great dating coach i really respect his name is matthew hussey this is one of the best pieces of fear i ever heard in my life he's whether it's your ideal relationship or just life that you want to live he said make a list of every quality you want in somebody else right? Generosity, happiness, cooks for me, whatever. Make a list of all those things. Then go to bed and then wake up the next morning, look at the list and become that person. And I thought that was so powerful because if you do that, I I don't think I'll get the cooking right in my life. I'll definitely pay for it. But but I think the key is like, if try your best to be that person. And if you do, you'll attract the right people into your life, in my opinion. 
I think there's a quote out there that says, what I seek within you, I seek within myself. Yeah. And it, that's a true um, exemplar of that. Can you let our listeners know where can they learn more about you? Where can they reach out to you? So there are two ways to keep in touch. Number one is the Master Talk YouTube channel. Just type Master Talk in one word, and you'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. And number two, the best way to keep in touch after that is to attend one of my free workshops. So I do a free workshop over Zoom every two to three weeks. These are not boring. They're live. They're fun. And I facilitate the call. And the website for that is rockstarcommunicator.com. Partners, we hope you enjoyed listening. If you haven't already, remember to follow us wherever you get your podcast. We refer to a lot of frameworks in our episodes. You can learn more about them on lovita.blog. If you have a story to share, please reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook and we'd love to feature you here. Thank you and we'll see you next week.